This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Verlander, the windup, the 3-2 pitch. Got him swinging. Strike three as Valbuena goes down. Verlander strikes out the side and strands two men in scoring position to maintain a 2-0 lead for the Astros as we go to the fifth. This is another Astros podcast. 1-1. Way inside and goes all the way to the backstop as Reddick hits the deck. Maldonado didn't even get a glove on it. It's 2-1. Coming out of the shadows, probably picked it up late also. Does help now, though, that both the mound and home plate are in shadow. 2-1. And Reddick hits this in the air, deep to right field, and you can kiss that one goodbye. Josh Reddick goes yard, and the Astros go up three to nothing. Reddick's tenth home run of the year. Oh, so much for Dustin, a hitter off of the plate, gets right back in there, sticks his nose in it, and drives one into the bleachers in right field. That was a bomb by Josh Reddick. Three-two count, bases loaded, one out. Ramirez delivers. And Springer hits it high in the air and deep to left center field. Up in his back, at the wall, leaping, it's gone! A grand slam for George Springer. And the Astros lead it 7-0. Springer with his 16th home run of the year. Boy, how good did that feel for George Springer? Not even a homer since June 20th of the season. That grand slam just could get him going. A big moment for the Astros, and particularly Springer. Robert, right now with Justin Verlander, throwing six shutout innings. Leaves with a 7-0 lead. It's time to start bragging. 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Verlander here at Angel Stadium of Anaheim. Doing all of that in an Astros uniform. Five starts against the Angels as a member of the Astros now. He's given up two earned runs in 37 innings against the Angels. Verlander done after those six shutout innings. Gave up five hits, two walks, and 11 strikeouts. That has 183 strikeouts on the year. And that's 2,599 strikeouts for Verlander, which puts him eight away from Tom Glavin for 25th place. Astros with three starters at the All-Star break with 10 or more wins. Justin now with five starts versus the Angels as a member of the Astros. He's only given up two earned runs in 37 innings. Two and two to David Fletcher. Light kick and the pitch. And Fletcher pops it up right side toward the line. Gurriel has a play in foul territory. Waiting for it. Squeezes it. And that is the ball game. The Houston Astros take their second in a row in Anaheim. Beating the Angels by a final of seven to nothing. And welcome back. Robert Ford and Steve Sparks joined by Astros general manager Jeff Luno before the Astros wrap up this series against the Angels. And Jeff, the Astros first series after the All-Star break. And it was the All Strohs game, as it turned out. Uh, the All Star game won by the American League. Of course, uh, Bregman and Springer with the back-to-back home runs to put the American League ahead for good in the in the tenth inning. And AJ Hinch, whole coaching staff was there. I mean, that was almost like just validation for everything that that the Astros have done over the last few years with the championship and now everything that happened in the game. It really was a tremendous experience being able to 
celebrate the Astros like that. I mean, a lot of the guys look forward to the All-Star break because they get a break. Yeah. Uh, but our guys look forward to it because they get to continue to do what they do, which is really be be Astros and be out there and celebrate our success. And to have Bregman be the MVP of that game, Springer, and, you know, do what he did. And it, it was a lot of fun. And AJ and his staff did a great job. So what a, what a tremendous week. And also, obviously, the ESPN awards were really fun, too. Jeff, what's, what's the feeling for you personally when one of your players competes in the home run derby? I, I, I like it. I don't have yep. a problem with it. I don't think it's uh, going to ruin their swing. Um, and I think it's fun for baseball. So I, I had, it was fun. I, I wish Bregman had uh, beat Schwarber there, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, it's a little different situation now when you think about the trade deadline this year compared to last year. This time last year, it was pretty clear the upgrades the Astros needed. Would have liked a left-handed reliever in the bullpen. Would like another starting pitcher. Whereas this year, it's a little bit of a different situation. I mean, obviously, there are some upgrades potentially out there, but there, it doesn't seem like it's as glaring as it was last year. Would you agree with that? I agree with you. I'm not sure all our fans agree with you. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we definitely have a good team. This team is capable of repeating as world champions as is. Now, that being said, be, because there are a lot of players potentially on the market and more coming this next week, it would be foolish of us not to consider possibility for upgrades. Now, the one thing our fans have to realize is in a vacuum, yeah, it would be great to add somebody. But for us, adding somebody means subtracting somebody because our right. guys are all signed to contracts or they're out of options. And so a lot of times when you say, let's go get a player or two, well, that's fine. But but does that mean that Gaddis no longer plays? Does that mean that Sip no longer? I mean, like, How do you work that onto our roster? It's not as easy at first blush as it seems, but we are working on it. There are uh, some players out there that we are very interested in. And if things work the right way, um, there might be a, a couple of changes between now and the end of the month. Jeff, as you said, as is right now, and it's barring injury, everything looks good. But where are you weakest depth-wise where you want to make sure that you cover yourself? Well, it's probably in the relief pitching area. That being said, when we get to postseason, at least one of our starters right. turns into a reliever. So right. you have some automatic built-in depth. Plus, you don't carry as many relievers typically in a as many pitchers, so you're really talking about cutting two guys out of our current staff, right? Um, because one of them is going to come from the starting rotation. So, uh, you know, position player wise, I think between you know Davis and and Reed and White and Tucker and Kemp and all the guys that we've seen from Fresno come up here this year, we've got some depth. Is there someone out there who maybe has more experience, more postseason experience? Yeah, for sure. So we're gonna. We're going to look at that as well. And then probably catching. Stubbs is really our our safety net in AAA uh -huh. um, beyond the two guys we have here. But McCann is due to be back, and we're hoping that he's going to have a fresh set of legs in September and October. So I think we're in pretty good shape there too. You know, you mentioned McCann. Anything new with him as he recovers from his surgery? Is the prognosis still about the same? He feels good, and he's going to start doing more and more activity. And so we're still sort of targeting the first week of September for him to be back. In major league games, he'll probably go out on a rehab assignment. But uh, I know I've spoken to him and seen him in the training room, and he's chomping at the bed. He's been, you know, he's able to straighten out his leg for the first time in a while, and really feels like that's going to help him not just defensively but also offensively. I think the sure. the knee pain was affecting the way he was swinging this year, and so you know we get McCann back to being the catcher and hitter that that we know is possible that we saw last year that's a huge addition for us down the stretch hey is everything just up in the air with carlos correa right now you're just waiting for him to get over that hump he's progressing and you know every day we get some news and today's news he worked out a little bit and it was all positive um, we are being very cautious with him for obvious reasons when you have any sort of muscle strain or muscle injury 
they're likely to reoccur with one movement. So we need to make sure he's 100% and feels 100%. And quite frankly, Marwin's doing such a good job. The team's been able to continue to win without him that there's no rush to get him back. So we're going we're gonna to be cautious with him. My feeling is he won't be back until uh, the next road trip and maybe towards the latter end of that. Okay. Uh, but that's, you know, that's just a guess at this point. Robert Ford and Steve Sparks once again joined by Astros General Manager Jeff Luno. And want to ask you about the rotation, Jeff. Uh, only rotation uh, in the big leagues where you've used just five starters. Astros' only team that can, that can make that claim. And obviously you think about how this team could do in the postseason, how deep they could go, and guys could really pile up some innings. What are the, the thoughts in terms of maybe skipping guys, inserting other guys in the rotation just, just to give guys breaks? Has that, has that been in the conversation yet? We've looked at every permutation of possibilities. The reality is, though, we've got at least two guys that are in contention for some awards this year, and they were going to want to pile up their wins and their innings and their strikeouts and all of that. We've got uh, another two guys who are uh, going to become free agents after this year, and they certainly want to build the bulk of their numbers for their own value. So we don't want to do anything. And, and you know, we've got Lance, who's, who's pitching really, really well, who's about to have the first full year of his career where he goes wire to wire. So there's personal reasons why all of our pitchers want to continue to go out there every six days and, and take the ball. And we don't want to impede that because that's important to them. At the same time, we look at how do we keep these guys healthy, and last night was a perfect example. A.J. pulls Verlander with 92 pitches, I think it was. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's had a long break, and we're just getting started the second half. It was great. He, the, he looked like he, the win was secured, and, um, every, you know, there's, he hadn't given up a run, so why not? I think it, it, A.J. continues to do that here and there. We have a lot of off days over the next month, which is going to help build in some natural rest. But, but we're going to continue to look at it. In September, you know, maybe we have a six starter in there. Maybe we skip guys here and there. Maybe we taper their volume down a little bit uh, we're discussing all those possibilities and uh, but it is fun I got to tell you to have uh, got the same five guys go every day it's every time it's amazing yeah we were talking about it last night that all five of those starting pitchers for the Astros have made the all-star team in the last two years so yeah. pretty remarkable I want to ask you about some of the minor leaguers we keep hearing reports about all these pitchers that are throwing 97, 98, 101. Where is all the velocity coming from at the minor league level? Well, I think it's across the industry. I don't think it's just us, to be honest with you. I think we see it here in the big leagues. Every time we face a team, somebody comes out of the bullpen that we've never heard of, and they're throwing 98 yeah, miles Yeah, but this wasn't hour. going on 10 years ago. It, it wasn't. I think it's uh, – I don't know what the real answer is. I think we're doing a better job of developing uh, players in the high school ranks and the college ranks through the minor leagues. Um, and I also think the technology has a lot to do with it because we're able to help the players with their mechanics, their delivery, their grips, et cetera, and to, and to get the best outcome from their, from their pitches. So it is fun. I mean, we as the minor leagues, I think we still lead the minors in Ks per nine uh, of all 30 organizations. And, um, you know, that's without having a bunch of high picks in the past few years. Sure. So uh, it's pretty good. I think Pete Patilla and our – Pitching coaches in the minor leagues do a tremendous job preparing our guys, and we do have so many pitchers that we're excited about in the minor leagues. You know, there's one guy you have down in the Dominican Summer League, 17 years old. His name is Hader Tokar. He's 6'6", 256 pounds. <laughs> Don't normally see that. 27 in the third innings. He's given up just two earned runs, has walked two, and struck out 21. But most interests me about him is where he's from. He's from Brazil. Yeah. And 
you're starting to see a handful of yeah. guys trickle up to the big leagues from Brazil. Jan Gomes, probably the, the best known, the catcher with the with the Cleveland Indians. Does that seem like that's maybe the next frontier in terms of, of international signings and, and developing guys from, from Brazil? I mean, it's a huge country with it is. potentially a lot of athletes. It is, and, and we hired a scout in Brazil about two, three years ago. We've made a couple of signings. Our feeling is that the pitchers are going to be the area where Brazil is going to be the most productive because mm -hmm. position players really requires that you played the game for a long time as a young player. You know, pitchers, you can take someone from another sport and, and turn them into a pitcher. Now, we all know in Brazil the number one sport is soccer. It's not even close. There is an Asian influence in Brazil, particularly in Sao Paulo, where they've developed a lot of baseball players thanks to the Japanese and Asian influence. And that's where uh, the players that we've signed so far have come from. But... I'm bullish on Brazil. They have incredibly athletic uh, people there, and uh, they're starting to become more interested in baseball. So I think I think we're just scratching the surface on Brazilian uh, impact in baseball. All right, Jeff Luno, Astros general manager. Always good to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on, guys. The Houston Astros Radio Network. That ball is gone. Steve Sparks, Robert Ford. And you can kiss it goodbye. This is the Houston Astros. Radio Network. <laughs>